I'm Christian Abbott. I'm Nathan Lavender. I'm Sean Abbott. And this is the Red Mist Podcast. Welcome to the Red Mist Podcast, Season 2, Episode 41. The 41 NASCAR of Ryan Priest. I'm not going to say Haas, I'm going to say the Wonder Bread car, because that was the best paint scheme all year, I think, in the NASCAR Cup Series. So there you have it. Uh, Ryan Priest, so uh, not yet a winner in the Cup Series, but he is a NASCAR modified ace in New England. So he's definitely no. Not short of talent. So, anyway, uh, we have a special guest this evening, uh, Robert Torres, um, known for being in uh, F4. Uh, I did, did have the pleasure of meeting him in uh, the Touring Car Championship in their season finale uh, at, uh, I almost said, GoPro GP, uh, Trackhouse Motorplex. Uh, so we'll get to uh, talk with Robert for a little bit. And then also we'll discuss uh, NASCAR at Homestead. Unfortunately, not the season finale, uh, but should be. Should be in my book. And then we'll just uh, talk about uh, Formula One in the uh, United States Grand Prix. Uh, lots to cover there for sure. And uh, I'd like to begin with the episode uh, with Robert Torres. So, uh, Robert, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, no, it's it's great to have you, and um, I gotta tell you, uh, it's you know the racing world is such a small world, but I'll tell you, uh, I I got to meet you at a, a Trackhouse Motorplex, and uh, we got to enjoy some of the, uh, you know some intense great uh, go kart racing which Touring uh, Car Championship has provided, but I also uh, I'm I'm also curious, um, what got you into uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess it really goes back to when I was a kid. Um, I was in Cub Scouts, and we used to build the Pinewood Derby cars and those kinds of things. And um, yeah, after that, I just I got into you know making that decision of do I want to like work on them and build them, or do I want to race them? And so wound up going kart racing just locally, and um, won a couple races, and then turned into winning a few championships down the line after about six years of doing it. Um, and then after that at uh, what was Speed Raceway in Horsham is now K1 in Horsham. Uh, they had a Formula 4 car there one day. And so um, yeah, I was checking that out, and they had the program, and I was reading more about it and what it would take to get into the sport and make that jump from carts to carts. Um, so I would say, you know, up until then, that's really that's really how it happened, and that's how I made that jump. Very nice. Very nice. And, uh, so was was the majority of your background mostly go karting? Because I'll tell you, did was it go karting that was like you got the few wins and the championships? When was it? I guess where you got to a point where okay, I can make the jump to cars. Yeah, it's probably I'm trying to think. Probably after my second championship, it was like you know junior. Know, local track championships, indoor karting in 2012, but that's when I really zeroed in on, you know, racing and that feeling of this is what I want to do, you know, for the foreseeable future, maybe my whole life. I didn't know yet at that point, but definitely that's where I started. Right, right. Yeah, because for me, I uh, I got to tell you, go karting is just it's just, it's the greatest equalizer. Uh, you get to see. You know the talent that's really on track and the authentic talent, really, because it's it's evened out mostly, right? But yeah. Uh, so it's I've always been curious to you know see when drivers kind of feel that okay, I can do this, I can maybe make the jump now, right? And so so you 
what was the first race car that you got into? So the first full-size race car that was in, it was after 2015. It was in July, 2016. And that was with, I believe it's the formula racing Academy. Now they changed the name, but it, before that it was the Bertle Roos racing school. Um, and they're based in Pocono, but they do like schools and they have a school series, but they do it all over uh, the Northeast and I believe up and down the East coast. Um, but got my first taste of that at New Jersey Motorsports Park. Um, it was uh, basically a school version of what an F2000 car would be. Um, I was fastest in the group, and the uh, the CEO at the time, Dennis Macchio, uh, took note of that and yeah, you know, lined up things for the next steps after that. Very nice. And so. Given, given that you got the track time, was it was it dry the whole time? Was it was it there rain? Was it? Yeah, that was uh, that was nice that I wasn't thrown into the deep end with that. It was nice <laughs> the whole weekend. Phenomenal. Okay, so you've been to Pocono and uh, I guess their their road course configuration. Uh, so now. Defensive many different tracks, uh, given, I guess, the uh, experience in F4. Uh, what would you say is your favorite track that you've been on? I would definitely have to say that my favorite is um, most likely most likely New Jersey Motorsports Park, uh, the Thunderbolt course. Uh, that's where I got my first win. Uh, that's where I did my first ever series race uh, later that year. Or actually, no, that was the following year, 2017, with the Brutal Roos School um, in their series that they run. So that track's always going to be my favorite, I think, <laughs> no matter where I go from here. Okay, yeah, I mean, a winning racing at <laughs> racing at a winning track, right, is always a favorite. Uh, I yeah. can definitely understand that. Um, and oh, I, I have to ask this question. Um, so I. Uh, How'd you hear about Touring Car Championship? Yeah, so uh, the original plan for this year for me was to run the full Formula 4 season, um, which, of course, you know, sometimes funding dries up and, you know, things just don't come together for a full season. So right. ran at New Orleans, uh, their first event, and I was like, all right, well, similar to an actor, you know, what do you do when you're not getting the Warner Brothers films or the big films, you work on the short films. All right, well, I got to go back to karting and race something. So my friend Matt actually uh, reached out to me and he's been reaching out, had been reaching out for a while about getting into that, those kinds of series, which is, I think, a great thing because when I was on my way up in karting, we didn't have any of this. It was go to a local track and do a league. So, you know, it's been good for me this year and it's probably going to be good for uh, future generations as well. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, because I I um I heard about TKC uh, TKC Touring Car Championship uh, for a few years now, and so it, it's it's cool how it's like really kind of brought a new idea to racing almost, um, and kind of adding that extra intensity really that's needed in uh, racing. Excuse Absolutely. me, and and so I, uh, I I just I love that idea and and uh, and. It's for, it provides opportunities to like go to different tracks, like uh, like Trackhouse Mortiplex, which, I mean, personally, I I didn't have like all that great of a result, but it was that was one of my favorite tracks on the, on their calendar, anyways, and and so in even carts that are uh, in, I I call call them the high performance carts, shifter carts, senior tag, right? They they all go there, and so yes. it's you know it's, it's added it's track timing, whatever. Um, absolutely yeah so it's 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 all good uh, christian christian uh did you have anything that uh maybe um questions yeah. for robert or so uh you said you did some lead racing at at horsham and that's in pennsylvania uh yeah there was a track uh it still is a go-kart track but they just rebranded themselves to one of the k1 locations oh all right right on um and then so f I guess just trying to get a clearer picture too. You did um, when you did all the the those indoor league um, cart leagues. Did you then 
just go right to a racing school and, and jump in that F2000 car? Or did you go and do um, some some of the, uh, we, we, I guess, refer to them as high-performance cars? But, I mean, you know, you're, you're like 206s, uh, K100, or, t- or uh, tag carts that you have out there, shifter cars. Did you jump into any of those kind of series and, and race it with those? No, and I was doing it when I was doing uh, just indoor karting. You know, that was where I wanted to go. I thought you absolutely had to do, um, you know, Scusa or, you know, the, the series you were mentioning and those kinds of carts, high performance. It's a benefit, but I was told in a racing school that, um, well, two racing schools, the Pearl Roos one, and then actually ran in another school series, the Lucas Oil Formula Car Series. And they were saying that all the stuff that you can learn doing karting, like in karting, you don't have instructors typically unless you hire one. Mm-hmm. But they teach you all those things about, you know, mechanical grip. What if you don't have a wing, you know, and it it was a great benefit. All right. So you just, just kind of skipped over the, the um, I guess, kind of like the outdoor karting scene, for <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if in, in any kind of early career, it's always about trying to find, uh, trying to find people that can help you uh, grow and, get faster and, um, get up to speed as quick as possible. So, I mean, I, I guess with, um, with some of the, uh, F4 cars, like how, or, or actually it, the, with the school cars, racing school cars, did you do any, any of their racing series? Yeah. So, um, for the brittle Rue series, I would just, I was dipping my toe in and was able to do that summer. 2017 i was able to do into the fall really three races for them so it wasn't a full schedule yet um and then come a little later that fall it was around october uh, actually reached out to a formula four team uh group a racing they're not in formula four anymore uh, but they're doing radical cup now but um yeah so that was good and actually tested a formula four car before going to uh, the Lucas Oil Formula Car Series. Oh, all right, very cool. So then, um, I and then did you do uh, the Lucas Oil Series at all, or or again, just kind of like a one, your one day, um, or I shouldn't say one day, but your your uh, your schooling there, and then and then was that when you made the jump into F four? Yeah. So the idea with it was, I would you know test the F four car. And uh, the team manager and coach, uh, Jonathan Scarallo, uh, who's still a great friend and uh, navigator for me in this industry, um, <laughs> he definitely helped me out with that and, you know, decided that, okay, you know, not, I'm not ready, or I wasn't ready at the time yet to make the jump to Formula 4 and get into pro racing. So he coached me through two years of Lucas Oil Formula Car Series and, you know, wound up learning a lot and getting a few podiums. And by 2020, I was ready to go with them in a fourth. Oh, sweet. All right. Um, now, I mean, F four is definitely a, a step up from those uh, from the the racing school cars. I mean, I I guess I would kind of equate them to a to an F sixteen F sixteen hundred car, um, where you don't got any wings or anything like that on them. But between the the Lucas Oil car and the F four car, um, did you know notice like a a sizable difference in terms of having arrow on the car because i mean the, I, I know the f4 car has wings on them but i mean they're not they're nothing really fancy but they are there they're absolutely yeah there's a difference i remember um it was actually the second the second f4 test i did not the yeah second one um that winter before being in the lucas oil series um the wing angle actually slipped. There was a loose screw on the rear wing, so I was going around. Oh, no. I was going. I was going around a high speed corner, and I'm like, "Man, this thing's getting like really loose all of a sudden. Like, what is going on here? The tire's gone. Jeez, oh, yeah, where's the grip? Oh goodness!" But uh, yeah, finished the session, came in. Sure enough, the thing, the wing was gone. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, slight understeer right along the bank. Oh my gosh, ah, oh, that's tough. What? Ah. Was this during the race, or? No, no, that was testing. Okay, okay. <laughs> still, still. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, man, that's wild. <clears throat> so, oh, uh, and, I mean, uh, uh, 
I'm just trying to think. Like, the opportunities are there in go karting. Do you maybe see yourself jumping into uh, back into uh, open wheel cars or maybe uh, something else? Yeah, that's the goal uh, for next year. Um, some of the people I'm working with now, uh, we want to line up to hopefully run full time in the Mazda MX-5 Cup next year. <laughs> oh. That would be wild. That, that is one. <laughs> Some of the races I've seen. <laughs> oh are, my gosh! Is it? Or I mean, I guess to kind of get a little bit more specific, are you, are you talking about the uh, the MX Five se- series that IMSA sanctions, or more of like your uh, regional SCCA um, MX Five stuff? Correct. Yeah, the IMSA sanctioned uh, series. Yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> very nice. Very very nice. Yeah. Yeah. No. And when you go to Watkins Glen, oh my gosh! Hey, have fun <laughs> drafting, my friend. <laughs> I think that goes for just about any track. <laughs> right. It's yeah. on the road course. Um, oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's all I have for Robert. Um. So, Robert, I guess is is there anything uh, that you would want the people to know about you or anything like that? Um, you got anything you want to plug or anything like that either? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess general information about me. Um, for any potential sponsors, people in position to sponsor listening, um, I truly believe that I am the most driven person in the United States to do this. You know, I see people... I don't want to say drop an out left and right, but you know, I know that this is my passion and this is my life's goal and I'll never give up until I get to a pinnacle series, whether it's IMSA, IndyCar, you know, who knows, maybe Formula One one day, but uh, I'll never give up. So, Sir. Awesome. Love it. I love it. That's great to hear. All right. That was uh, Robert Torres, uh, F4 driver and uh, driver in the uh, Twin Car Championship. Uh, that was cool to talk with him. Um, so anyway, let's uh, let's dive into NASCAR at Homestead, Miami. You know, uh, you know Dale Jr. ran the uh, Xfinity race. I saw. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the day before. I thought that was just really really cool. <laughs> How did he end up doing? I didn't. I didn't catch the um, anything on Saturday at all. It wasn't anything super special, other than just I guess checking it. Ra- a race off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he's doing like three or five of these things this year. Cause I know he went raced at Martinsville. Right. And somewhere else. Was not it Bristol? Or Talladega. I think, yeah, it was Bristol, yeah. Bristol. And oh, you're, you're on it. Hey, look at that. Look at that. The, the, not Someone the, Na- that doesn't not the NASCAR pay guy. Pays the NASCAR. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch <laughs> Chomstead? <laughs> Hmm? Did you watch Homestead? Mm-mm. See, I, I watched. I watched the highlight reel, and I saw Larson going to the be- going to the uh, the uh, all the barriers. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, yeah. He was. Did you see his onboard? He, he was going in there. Yeah, super hot. Yeah, he was. He was trying to. He was trying to get as close to Ryan Blaney as possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fair, fair enough to him. I mean, like, I can't. He's changed his I, tires anyway, so I, I might as well just trash him, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I say you can't, I can't fault the guy for pushing too hard, but I mean, like, obviously that's where mistakes happen. Um, so, unfortunate, yeah. but... Oh, well. I mean, yeah, how, that um, was how was the rest of the race, though? It was pretty good. There was, I mean... It was one of those races where I thought it was going to be Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, mm-hmm. right? And they both retire within like five minutes of each other. Yeah, I I saw the um, Hamlin going up into the wall. I what, did. Did you hear anything of what caused it? Because I mean, it looks like it just the wheel just snapped it, out of his hands. It well, you know what he was doing. He uh, he was. <sighs> He was playing grab ass with Ryan Blaney, mm-hmm. and they were just going at it. And I don't—I forget if they make 
contact or anything, but I, I don't know. It just it just seems weird that that happened. Uh, for like after they were having their little Russell tussle, they then they what happened was then his car bra- breaks, slams into the wall. I just I didn't I didn't get what happened there. That was that was just really nuts, and. And then Martin Truex comes down pit road and has to retire the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wasn't it for Joe Gibbs. Oh, no. Who, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Ringing the bell. See what it did there? Uh-huh. For Joe Gibbs, Christopher Bell. Uh, he is now ringing himself into the playoffs the championship round oh man i where is sean tonight oh my gosh i am on it tonight oh my gosh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i tell you (laughs) man i i'm sure you watched this race because it was good it was good it was good racing all throughout and ryan blaney i thought ryan blaney was going to be the one winning and for that matter carl larson but you know you saw what happened but yeah uh it was it was getting good. Byron was you know he was in the battle. You know Danny Hamlin, like like I mentioned earlier, Truex. But mm-hmm. no, it was it was uh, Christopher Bell. Hey, you know what? He he almost got the win last week, and he gets the win this week. I, listen, you know I think there's momentum in these playoffs because he he pulled off a, a clutch win last year at the Charlotte Roval, like just pulling it. You know, pulling a rabbit out of the hat. And wins there. Uh, probably one of the more diverse course skilled drivers, I would say. Because, I mean, can, can you guess where he got his first win? I bet you'll never guess this. Dover. Daytona Road Course. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did Dirt you, driver. Did you say? Oh, oh, okay. All right. No, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> they turned the road course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a round, and uh, I think it was like 2020, 2021, something yep. like that. But he, uh, he, got, he got him in there. So I never would have guessed when he came on a road course. Yeah. I was thinking it might have been like Michigan or, or, <laughs> I guess we're gonna call it. Historic Fontana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I Hey, you know, Kyle Larson. Uh, hey, you know what? Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the standings, right? Um, so, you know how many drivers are locked into the playoffs right now? Two. Christian? Two. Two. We counted two. Uh, the first two drivers to finish at Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, I'm glad Chris Rebell got the weight, got the win. Um, because he 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 should have had it at Vegas and and he just you know did a great job here. Yeah. And so, oh gosh, apologies, computer's taking a second. But let me tell you, there's two spots left. I'm thinking it's going to be probably Blaney. We took the look. I think it's going to be Hamlin. Probably that's going to sneak his way in here. Martinsville? Yeah, dude. He, he's not going to lose two He's not going to lose two years in a row to a uh to a wall ride. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I mean that I still can't believe that happened. Because <laughs> watching it live was just so weird to watch. Oh, yeah. It was like that's that's fast forward, <laughs> but like because you're at Martinsville, like you know you're so you know you're used to what you're watching at Martinsville, right? And right. then that just is you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I'm, so mind blowing. What what do you think the uh, the over under is? Like if you, if you were to keep count during the whole race, like when once green flag drops to checkered flag. How many times do you think they're going to reference the wall ride in the commentary booth? Oh my god, it's going to be a good drinking game. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking over under would be what probably 
they're gonna bring it up after every commercial. Twenty times. They're gonna it, it, maybe <laughs> like thirty, forty. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it's gonna be mentioned so many times. Like, it's not gonna be just Rick Allen mentioning it yeah. all twenty times. It's gonna be <laughs> Jeff Burton. Steve Latard, oh my god, Junior is mm-hmm. going to probably bring it up like yeah, once or twice and be like, oh yeah, it was uh, yeah. that was wild, and you know, <laughs> just kind of, you know, whatever, and then Rick Allen's just like, there, and mm-hmm. we're back from commercial break, and then like the background is that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no one can do it, it's, it's illegal now, so, you know, can't do it anymore, so. Mm-hmm. But taking a look at the standings now, I know we're getting off topic. So, Chris Rebell, Kyle Larson, two definite drivers that are battling for a championship in Phoenix in two weeks' time are coming out. All right, it's a little less than two weeks. So, uh, and William Byron is plus 30 above the cut line uh, in front of Ryan Blaney, who is plus 10 above the cut line. And the first driver not in the final four below the bubble line Tyler Reddick in the 2311 Toyota minus 10 uh, followed by two more Toyotas Martin Truex Jr. minus 17 uh, and Denny Hamlin also minus 17 uh, from the cut line and Chris Busher he needs to win mm-hmm. he needs to win to get in it's minus 43 that's a, that or it has to you know win two stages and finish second. Right. I, I that was one thing I I was kind of impressed with uh, watching those highlights back. Um, was that pretty much everyone that's still in playoff contention was more or less in the top ten the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the best scenario from a bad day, right? Say you have a dominant car. And then you wreck it in stage three. You still walk away with decent points mm-hmm. from like what could have been like a great day. It's it's not good, but it's not horrible. Yeah, I mean, right? so. I I mean, right now you definitely is definitely not the time to have a bad day. I mean, Larson could afford one just because he was already locked in. I mean, so between right. Lar- Larson and Bell, they they can afford a bad race tomorrow or on Sunday. Uh, but, uh, I mean, for someone like Chris Buescher, like, man, he cannot afford a bad day. I mean, like, a lot, I mean, even, even the, uh, fourth through seventh, um, Blaney, Reddick, uh, Truex and Hamlin, like they're all pretty much right on top of one another. So, I mean, it's points, points are tight and, um, I'm sure desperation is going to set in at some point during the race. I think so. I think so. I mean, now here's the thing because William Byron is very far ahead, mm-hmm. like 20 points from Blaney. Right. And so I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. Like it's, it just really depends on what happens in qualifying. I mm-hmm. just, and, and the race is going to shuffle like crazy. Yep. It's, it's any of these top six. It really, I mean, top six, <laughs> Six of the top eight. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you can catch my drift because I just, someone's going to get knocked out of the way, have a bad day. There's going to be like five, ten people that have a terrible day, right? And it could be one of these guys. And so we'll just have to see what happens. Um, for a grandfather clock. Oh, yeah. Arguably so, one of the we'll best. See. Arguably one of the best trophies that any driver receives in NASCAR. Right. I mean, it's it's that New Hampshire has the lapsta. Uh, is that a trophy? I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I'll tell you, it's uh, the the uh, what is it? The Hurley J Earl Trophy, the Daytona 500. That's that's a cool looking one too. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. So, yeah. uh, so that's NASCAR. So that's NASCAR. All right, on to Formula Un. Formula what? Formula Un. Formula, oh, Formula Uno. Uno. 
Yes. Because this week we go to Mexico, but last week, this past week, we were at Austin, Texas. Yeah. Howdy, y'all. Uh, we, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I want to say it. I want to say it. My underdog, Christian, I could hear the eagle. I could hear the fireworks. I could hear the, the American flag waving in the background. America. Oh, yeah. Logan Sargent. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Logan Sargent got his one point. Mm-hmm. I, I know I didn't. I know I got 67% of the podium, correct? I know I'm jumping ahead, aren't I? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, we can kind of fast forward through. I mean, it was a sprint, yeah. sprint, sprint race weekend. I have made it pretty clear I don't really care for these things. Um, Who is? And I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, I guess it's like, so pointless. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not for these sprint race weekends because they, they're not doing anything to to shake it up at all like honestly if you're you're going to put one of these races in here invert the field in some capacity like either invert the top 10 or or invert the field by um uh championship grid order you know that's you, you gotta you gotta have something on the line for for teams that either don't ever score points all that often um and can have a shot or um guys that uh, are trying to make a difference in the top 10 of points and or, or at least in the bottom half of the top 10 and are trying to make points that can help not only themselves in the driver's championship but even uh, the team in in the manufacturer's championship um, or constructor's championship um, <laughs> same difference uh, <laughs> yeah right the um, so I, I mean Again, we showed up. Uh, qualifying. Oh no! <laughs> you know the storyline of this weekend was was track limits because who who couldn't go a week without track limits? <laughs> it was starting to become like an Austria race, and then you know it's so. Oh. Like, but what what are you doing? What are you doing with these track limits? Just. I, uh, I mean, and and you saw what happened Saturday, right? Right. Well, they, where they, they changed it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I so I was that that was infuriating. <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't really all. F- I wasn't all for that. I read somewhere that the drivers complained and wanted it widened. I don't really understand why, because the only thing. Like even even during the race, they weren't necessarily pushing that limit every single lap either, because um, they were all pretty well behaved during the race. And I don't, I don't. Know. The, I I thought the port the the Porsche Carrera Cup race, or sorry, the Porsche Cup race that was there as a support series for the F one uh, weekend, yep. I thought was much more entertaining than than the F1 race just because, and um, I mean, granted, like all the cars are pretty much more or less on top of one another, but they also, the IMSA is the, uh, is a series running that, that stuff. And they just threw track limits like out the window and basically said that track limits were the grass (laughs) or the sand. So, I mean, if you go back and, on YouTube and and find the races like you will see them just going like way outside the track the you know the white line that F1 is so focused on and I honestly I thought it created better racing just because none of these guys had to worry about staying you know in quote unquote inside the track but I mean like it, it's I don't know I, I I've always I've always viewed track limits as it's the, the the outsider inside of the track is 
where the pavement stops. And if you want to go outside the track, like totally fine, but you run the, you now run the risk of damaging your car. And yeah, you definitely can't like blatantly corner cut because even if say, um, all the S's at Coda were had grass or gravel on the inside of all of them. And you just like straight shot at the thing and you somehow picked up half a second to a second on the field. The best time at, yeah, right. And so that's just increased, um, <laughs> like uh, awareness for that. Cause I was just thinking of like, what do you, what if you just cut all these corners right. and, you, and you make up time? Yeah. And, and I mean, you can like, it is, I don't know. I mean, like it, a a well designed track. You do not need to have this um, this necessity to police track limits like this, because if you if you designed it how it should how it should be, then you wouldn't ever have to worry about this. So that's I, I guess I, I don't want to drown too much more on this stuff because this this we can go yeah. on for, for whatever and I mean we've there's plenty of tracks here in the states that aren't these fabulous grade one tracks or whatever that your track limits are pretty well defined and if you go off you screw up you get punished and that that's how it should be in my opinion um 100%. so the sprint was uh pointless and um, <laughs> it's pointless. I yeah. Swear to God. If you, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, you're going to give it a backbone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, so we go to qualifying and, uh, well, let's put it this way. Max didn't get pole, but should have, if you ask me, should have, as in, if you're going to bring back widen that area of the track where in which his qualifying lap was not a breach. I think you reinstate that qualifying lap. Yeah. I, I, I don't, or for I don't, anybody. Yeah. It's not I, just Max just happened. This is the entire grid. I, I don't enjoy the, um, the changing of a track overnight scenario because it, Unless unless you need to repair the track or it's for safety reasons, then fine, I get it. But if you're changing it just to widen, add more paint to widen the line to like change change what's in and out of bounds, I, that makes no sense to me. Because there's no other sport that does that. Right, right, and it, it doesn't make any sense. And I'll tell you, it's. It, I don't know. It left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I just not a huge fan of that decision. But anyway, Charles Leclerc wins the poll, and and Max was sent back to sixth on the grid. Yep, six. So it it look it was <laughs> race starts right lights out away we go, and guess who gets to lead a little bit of the race. Lando Norris. Lando, Lando freaking Norris. Mm-hmm. Weren't you glad he was leading? <laughs> Papaya sure see was. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I Look, I, I didn't see it being a victory because <laughs> I knew someone was going to play through the field. If everything worked the way it did, and it did, Max Verstappen would... Uh, take the lead early on, but how many laps did, he, did Lando lead? Like 20, 30-something laps? A decent amount. I don't know if it was like exactly halfway, but... Um, yeah, it was It was roughly halfway, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it. I guess Max was just kind of like Biding his time the whole the whole race, but they he also had a, a break issue where it just wasn't the same as it was 
the day before. Um, so I, I guess he was trying to have to adapt and do things a little bit differently, which caused him to not get the maximum breaking performance that he was trying thought thought that the car should have had. Um, so I guess made for an interesting day in, on that aspect because Max didn't run away with the race, uh, but you definitely saw how McLaren wasn't great on the hard tires um, and couldn't push the tires as long as the Red Bull uh, in terms of pace either. Now, the Mercedes uh, definitely had much better race pace in comparison to the Red Bull, um, but uh, the I think they still were wearing their tires enough that they feared a significant drop-off towards the end of a stint. Um, and I, I saw one, one graph of showing lap times um, across the stint, and it the Mercedes had better initial pace on, on the tires, uh, both the medium and the hard. But as the, the stint went on, they lost time a lot quicker than the Red Bull. So the Red Bull was a little bit more consistent, but it, um, the Mercedes had the initial pace on a fresh set of tires. Hmm. So, um, but, Bottled, uh, I guess Mercedes dropped the dropped the bag by not pitting Lewis in sooner enough at the first pit stop, and then um, Ferrari tried to commit to something that they couldn't do, and uh, once again that they, they kind of found themselves uh, down and out, and uh, before they could even get to the checkered flag, um, which was kind of unfortunate because I mean. The Ferraris definitely had pace, but both Leclerc and Sainz know that that the Ferraris are great on one lap pace and not necessarily there in the race. So they just they really do have to maximize um, race strategy because if if they don't, then they're they've lost the race pretty quickly. Right, and so uh, look, it, it, Carlos lost out on the podium, and Charles Leclerc. I mean, same thing. But, uh, him and Max literally reverse positions in the race. It, mm-hmm. it's it's tough, and I think Charles could have really walked away with the podium this race. I really, I really, I really thought he could have maybe have done something because Carlos can make podium even in situations like this, right? And so I just don't understand how that just. <laughs> Ferrari knows what they're doing. They they have to. They have to. They right like there's this is so. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think it's more of a design issue with the car. Um, so it, it's not something that I think that either driver can overcome um overnight but it's uh it's definitely going to take some work to uh to try and get back that race pace um so hopefully it's something they can they can look into the off season um because i mean i I thought that's what they were supposed to take care of this year but uh i guess didn't quite work out as as they hope so um yeah okay yep so uh, now, look, look, look who wins, right? Another, another Max Verstappen win. And Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton had a, a great pass on Lando Norris in the closing stages of the race. Uh, he would grab second, and uh, Lando Norris came home with another podium. Uh, which, I mean, I think this is his fifth podium in a row. Uh, he's he's having it one hell of a year, and they're continuing their momentum. And I think they're going to do okay come Mexico. I think I think both cars are going to do surprisingly well there. 
Uh, maybe a double podium. We'll see. Um, <laughs> would love to see Oscar Piastri get on the podium again. Just, you know, it's anytime there's this great success, I always think of like Alpine and where they are because I'm just thinking, okay, yes, Fernando Alonso retires <laughs> from the race with Aston Martin, but I would have guessed that Alpine would retire. I know, I'm kind of, I'm going off on a little rant here, but I'm just, I could, I could, I could really see McLaren doing well at Mexico. If they're, if they're having this repeated success, yeah, they, they have, they, yeah, they have to, they have to be feeling pretty good. Yeah. I mean, well, and McLaren has jumped Aston Martin in the standings, which <laughs> not shocked, but uh, yeah, it's because um... one of the cars are working. Right. Yeah. L- it's... Lance Strolls, right? Yeah. I got points. And... <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> His words. No, no I mean, I, actually fa- fair point. I will say Lance, Lance wasn't totally, uh, he, he wasn't completely, um, outdone by Alonzo this weekend. He did, um, he did kind of hold his own, uh, which is good to see. Um, I guess, (laughs) it's, it's kind of hard to say that, you know, one race could save the season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is just kind of you have to look at more of a season performance and, you know, having both cars not – actually, both both cars start in the pit lane in in Austin. So they already had work to um, – they were already starting on the back foot. Uh, so it was going to be hard to do that. I mean, yeah, I just – I don't know where Aston Martin um, – is going to try and make up points at all on McLaren. Um, I think it's really going to take an out of, uh, it's going to take an off day for McLaren for, for, for Aston Martin to get back in the game. But Mexico definitely could be it, but it also might not be it because Aston isn't necessarily, they haven't really been strong on the high speed tracks. So, um, yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting for sure, and I'm curious to see how McLaren will handle this high altitude track as well. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you, this race has always been wild too. And I mean, I'm I'm okay. Look, you know who's gonna win, and you know who's not gonna be on the podium. <laughs> Sergio's gonna win. Oh come on! Hey, man. Oh, so I okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's you. Let's do our picks. So picks. All right. I. This is yeah. This is this is just right. So I'll tell you. Okay, Max. He's gonna win. You know who's gonna get second though? Lando. Okay. Lando. Lando Norris is gonna come in second. In second place. Uh, our second runner-up. No, but third place is gonna be. Carlos Sainz, and actually get the podium this time because mm-hmm. he got a podium, but he wasn't on the stage. Right, because <laughs> Lewis and Leclerc were found to be infraction of their their plank thickness, so they they wore down the underside of their car too much. So, so that means. Logan Sargent has one more point than Nikita Mazepin. Ooh, shots fired. Uh, yeah, and and they, they have it. Uh, but what about in comparison to Nicholas Latifi? Nick, Nicholas Latifi's to go. Mm-hmm. Here to here. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So my dark horse, it's never going to be Logan Sargent again, just because I thought this would be the best track for him to do it at. And sure enough, he did. But in Mexico, I think it's going to be... I want to say this driver, but... 
we'll call it Yuki Sonoda. Like this, I think he'll figure this track out. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I haven't picked him in a while, and I think he's overdue because he he uh, he grabs some points here at Coda. So I think he's uh, and he's showing sure certainly showing uh, Daniel Ricardo. Hey, you know, got to be up here for pace. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Off off characteristics for off characteristics weekend for Ricardo. Um, I mean, he admitted that he was trying to knock some rest off, but uh, I don't know, man. He's, he's definitely got to get on it quick. So, if, if Logan Sargent scored a more point than him, I know. Yeah, uh, Fernando. <laughs> wow, what a topsy turvy day enough one. Right. Um, anyway. Nate, did you give me your dark horse pick as well? Yes. For Mexico? Who was it? Yeah, Yugi Shinoda. Yugi. Ah, sorry. Brain I know, he's a sleeper. He's yeah. a sleeper. He's yeah. a sleeper. Clearly. I was, I was that. <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, I, guess, yeah. I guess my top three predictions, uh, Max is going to win. Uh, I got Lewis finishing second after that strong, strong performance with the Mercedes at Austin. And I think Checo is going to be on the podium. Um, to round out third there, my dark horse, man, I, I got no idea who's my dark horse. Um, Sergio Perez. uh, No, I, I put Perez on the podium. (laughs) <laughs> he's, I know. He's going to finish third and my dark horse at the same time. <laughs> well, it's an improvement as of late, so. <laughs> um, man, you know what? Let's, let's see if Ocon can battle back. Yeah. yeah. So, so. It would be interesting to see. I There was an interesting stat that I heard is that Ocon is, has the most DNFs out of the season. <laughs> or, or he's the driver to, most, to have the most DNFs. Um, I can't remember what the exact number was, but it, I thought it was something kind of high, like six or seven. Um, which or now is that Alpine reli- reliability? Yeah, probably. Okay. Because I mean, it, Alpine has definitely struggled and and had their uh, had their fair share of issues. All right. So, I think that does it. Oh, uh, oh. Do you have anything else? Oh, what else? I have I have Sean's, my dad's picks. Uh, Max is is going to win for him. He's also had Lewis in second. He's got Leclerc for third, and his dark horse is Piastri. These are actual picks, not not sadly. These are not picks that Nate and I have made for him. Um, yeah, he he's had nightmares of us saying yeah, that. That's that's so, why he had to write these down. So, <laughs> um, uh, you're welcome, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I guess some other kind of news that I've got is that Pietro Fittipaldi signed with Rahel Letterman Lanigan for IndyCar. That's um, right, in the thirty car. Yep. Um, so Jack Harvey, uh, yeah, he's already got a replacement. So yeah, um, there we go. I couldn't remember if I saw someone else was confirmed for a ride. In Indy you know who needs a ride? Captain Leg. Yeah, well, I, th- I, th- I thought I saw rumors about. Um, I think it was Andretti running a fourth car, but having. Peretta Autosport be the um, be the team running that car. Oh wow! So that that might be something there. That'd be pretty good. Um. Uh. Let's see. Other other news. Uh. In IMSA, the The LMP3 cars have just been announced that they are running their own series in conjunction with the historic sports car racing series. Um, so it's it's going to be called the <laughs> HSR Prototype Challenge series. So kind of a 
um, resemblance of what the prototype challenge series used to be a number of years ago, um, where there is going to be the current generation of LMP3 cars for one class, and then some older generation LMP3 cars are going to be allowed to run in the second class that they have as well. Um, and they've announced a six-race calendar where uh, it's it's not exactly aligned with uh, IMSA WeatherTech ra- uh, race weekends, where it's going to be more aligned with the historic uh, sports car racing series. Um, so, but these races are ranging from 90 minutes to three hours long. Uh, so still some, some great seat time and, uh, for the guys that want to run these cars. And I mean, I know (laughs) everyone makes jokes, jokes about these guys spinning and whatnot, but I mean, they, they are some really good race cars to watch, uh, races and like it's, they, they do put on a good show once in a while. For sure. Um, so. and then there, w- there was another thing about, um, yes, here it is. Uh, so Phil Hansen, um, who, he, he has just announced that he is driving for JDC Miller Motorsports, um, and running his G- their GTP car for next year, um, which which will be great, because uh, Phil, where I'm so lost. <laughs> he he's been doing a bunch of a bunch of prototype stuff over the, the previous couple of years, so it's great to see him uh, with these guys for next year. So that's a great addition for that team, um, and then I, I guess the only other thing of note that I have is outside of the NASCAR race at Martinsville and the F1 race at Mexico. Um, we got V8 supercars are going to be at racing at gold coast and the super formula championship is going to be wrapping up at Suzuka this weekend as well. So, I mean, there's definitely plenty of stuff to watch, uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be good. And, and I gotta mention it, Martinsville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Martin. So. Yeah, I mean, see, seasons are are winding down. So, um, I mean, everyone's uh, there, there's there's something on the line with every every series going on here. Yes. So, anyway, uh, so and Nate, we got one more announcement. Oh yes, and what's what's that? Uh, I think there's an endurance race that you and I are taking part in this week. Oh, that's right. <laughs> there is a four-hour uh, endurance uh, go-karting race. Not endurance karting, but endurance race with carts in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, th- three different classes. We're going to be in uh, rental class. But it's going to be uh, pretty exciting. We have uh, it's it's going to be us too. So uh, we're going to be partnered with Nick Frangoulis, he's a good friend on the uh, podcast, along with Jake Innes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so us four, we're going to put it together, and we'll see uh, see how we do. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be really exciting. And uh, I've been at English Town, but not the parking lot circuit, which Nick has some laps on. Yes, and I just have I have time on the uh, the card itself from a prior uh, touring car championship round. So we'll see how we do there. Uh, that English town. Uh, so we'll see what we can muster there, mm-hmm. and hope it's a yeah, good result. It's definitely going to be a fun time. It's you know it's for for some of us it's you know we haven't been in a cart in a while and and that you know. Something gonna definitely gonna scratch that itch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure will. But yeah, we'll we'll have something to report of of our own next time out. Yeah, so And with that Good night. Thank you guys for listening to the Redness Podcast, hosted by Christian Abbott, Sean Abbott, and Nathan Lavin. It's produced by Christian Abbott and music is by Alex Wart and Harrison Taylor.